Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, I'm going to be talking about that Guardians of the Galaxy 3 trailer that dropped during the Super Bowl, and also got a little uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp theories and feedback, so uh, we're going to be doing some of that. By we, I mean me, because I'm solo today, baby. Solo. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll, and no one else is here to say their names. Guys, I just can't even. Jeff and Ashley both couldn't be here tonight, and uh, I just I wanted to get in these last few Ant-Man feedbacks before they're irrelevant, because their theories won't matter anymore. <laughs> but also, they, they dropped this Guardians 3 trailer during the Super Bowl, and I just want to start by just chatting about that. Oh my goodness. I am getting so emotional <laughs> watching a two-minute-long trailer. It is just epic. The music, the characters, the lines they chose for the trailer are just so, so good. And, you know, James Gunn is just so good at setting a tone and like building these moments that just mean something, like really mean something. And these characters that we've loved for two, well, really five movies, four, four or five, five movies they've been in now. Um, but this is, uh, this is the third Guardians one. And it is just like, I just know it is going to be great. I really, really know it. I, I just know that James Gunn has had the end in mind and he is just ready to hit us in the feels really hard. So, um, it, just, just really cool. Uh, one of the things that I, I noticed there are two, there are two moments where, you know, I know that Adam Warlock is, is likely to end this movie on the, uh, protagonist side as it were. Um, but up until now, Adam Warlock has just been this like image in the trailer, you know, he hasn't really done much, but in this trailer, he's flying, uh, it, through some like treacherous looking environments. He's also running while like these flaming towers are falling on him. And both of those moments just look like to me, like classic James Gunn. Like this is the epic moment where you're going to like completely have your heart in your throat, like wait, hoping the hero makes it to their goal. You know what I mean? Um, it's just really, really beautiful moments with Adam Warlock that like I am now like really excited to see what his uh character is the guardians characters are some of the most well realized characters especially for how many there are you know i feel like uh, you know captain america iron man they're very well realized thor but like they have their own movies and they have some of them have three or four movies 
And so you get these characters, but for the Guardians, they've only had two movies, and there are five characters to build. And to me, normally that's like a recipe for disaster. But James Gunn just has such a clear vision of who they are and who he wants them to be and what the growth is, what the arc is. Um, And so seeing those two moments with Adam Warlock got me so freaking excited for, like, who is Adam Warlock? Like... You know, I mean, just think about these characters. You've got the Rocket Raccoon is just this, like, curmudgeonly, cranky little SOB that's, like, always, you know, getting himself in trouble because he over, uh, like, he's a little, a little just too aggressive, you know. But he's lovable, and he, like, cares about his friends, and he always, he tends to still do the right thing, even if he talks a bit, like, kind of a, he talks a bad game, as it were. You know, like, but he... Is just this character, you know who he is. Groot, same thing. Well, we knew the old Groot. This Groot is st- we're still getting to know. You know, he's still he's still growing. We don't know who he's gonna be. Um, what if Groot ends up being a bad guy? You know, he was raised by the Guardians. Who knows? <laughs> um, it also got me excited. They have the line in there about family. Uh, they say, you know, uh, we always were searching for a family until we found each other. And then that that line is great, but it cuts to Cosmo for that line. I know we met Cosmo in the holiday special, but this is, uh, you know, we're going to get more time with Cosmo. And just that line made me think, like, maybe we'll get a little more in-depth look at Cosmo and who she is. Um, I Yeah, man, I, I really, really, really enjoy this trailer. It's just th- that music. That, since you've been gone, since you've been gone. Uh, Gunn always picks just the best freaking music for these trailers. And I mean, just for these movies, I guess. And for the trailers, it's just, just this, this one is just so intense and it just feels like really just driving the emotion of the movie home. Uh, speaking of emotion of the movie, I am going to lose it when we get the rocket backstory because, you know, (laughs) Rocket is, I don't know, it's just, a, it's just a little creature, man. Seeing a raccoon, and an otter, for that matter, uh, tortured in the way that we know they're going to be. Uh, and we see it in this trailer. We've seen, we'd seen this shot before where the high evolutionary reaches into the cage for Rocket. But in this trailer, we also saw Rocket like pinned to that weird metal cradle thing. Uh, we also seem to see that like he's going to get a good bit of time with Lila. I don't know that backstory, but mostly because of the animal abuse probably um, is going to destroy me in the theater. And I already know it. So yeah, there's that. I really love the Gamora stuff, the Gamora and Nebula stuff with uh, Quill and the whatever elevator they're in. <laughs> she came back a dick. Uh, you know, Nebula says, he left out some details, but it's pretty much what happened. Really, really funny. And then, of course, the, the final line. They, they've done that with, I think, every trailer for uh, these, these. The two trailers they've set out for Guardians so far have both ended with a really good joke. And Quill looking with love in his eyes at Nebula. And then she's like, stop it! I've, ne- I've never just never noticed how black your eyes are. My father tortured me and gave me these eyes. Well, he picked a very pretty set. (laughs) It's good stuff, man. It's really good stuff. 
Um, speaking of Star-Lord, there's a really fun shot. I don't know. It, there's just a fun shot of him like spinning with his gun and dodging a laser blast and firing. It just felt like they're going to shoot the action in a really fun and like in- inventive way, which I don't, I don't think they always do um, in Marvel movies. The fighting is always good. It's always like well put together, but it's not always inventive. And I feel like most of the time, James Gunn does things like I. I don't think I've ever been bored in a James Gunn fight scene, as much as like, yeah. Now I think about it, yeah. Like, and I'm and I'm and I'm stretching that out not just from the Guardians movies, but also uh, the Suicide Squad movie as well. James Gunn fight scenes always have some like. There's always a character thing going on, or they always do something very funny. And sort of interesting with the action, like I'm thinking of like Yondu's arrow, you know, when it goes through and like kills all the ravagers. It's like that scene is amazing. It's just so it's like that slow mo amazing scene. There's just always something happening, always some like something funny, something epic. There's always something cool in a James Gunn fight scene. So I am uh, really on board and seeing Star Lord do that like spin flip thing and fire his gun was a. Uh, I was like, okay, okay. I see you with that handheld camera. I see you, James Gunn, doing that thing. Um, <sighs> talking about the backstory of the rocket, he has that line, we'll all fly away into the forever. We'll all fly away together into the forever, he says. Which I'm assuming is like him talking to the other animal friends that he's going to be have in this movie. Um... Because it's, I think, going to like be a flashback of when he tried to escape or whatever. And he says, you know, we'll all fly away together into the forever. Um, but then eventually he did escape, but apparently not. They all didn't escape. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed the high evolutionary. I guess it's an age thing. He has in parts of the trailer, he has a normal face. In other parts of the trailer, he has his face like pinned back, almost like he's had his facelift type thing, but it's like glued to the, or like, sewn or glued to this big metal frame like pulling his whole face back made me wonder how old he is and and what the time difference is between uh when rocket left and now um because i i I thought rocket wasn't that old but i want to say he has says at one point his life expectancy isn't that long anyway or something like that but i may be wrong Hmm. oh and so we've talked a lot on the cast about who will die in this movie um and i you know it could be any of them, honestly. Probably will be multiple of them, but uh, there's definitely a Drax moment in this one that uh, I, I guess I either either hadn't noticed or I don't remember. He's got a hole blown in his chest, like a big scar, big laser burn on his chest, and uh, he says, "I am grateful to fight alongside my friends," uh, which just you know just sets him up. He's already he's completed his main arc, you know. And we all know that Dave Batista has talked about leaving the franchise after this one. So I've been saying for a long time, it was likely he'd be one of the ones to go. And yeah, it's looking that way to me. I don't know. That's, but you know, that's that thing about the trailer. They, they, they've showed us like six different people who maybe they'll die. <laughs> so who will it be guys? Who will it be? Let me know who you're putting your money on. Um, we got. We're gonna have lots more time to talk about this this movie. This may be the last trailer we talk about. We were gonna, uh, you know, we normally do our long, uh, more like detailed breakdowns. But honestly, I, first off, no one was available to do it with me, and it felt weird to do it alone. 
but also uh, I didn't think there was a lot of stuff in this one to break, like to, to pause and freeze and go back and forth to. So, um, so I just decided to just do this little chat about it. Hope y'all like it. Last thing we're going to do, got a couple patrons uh, who had sent in feedback about Quantumania, and we hadn't had a chance to cover it yet, and I didn't want to leave it on the table since the movie's about to drop. So uh, let's see what we got here. Let's see what we got in the way of Ant-Man feedback. Uh, up first, we got Charles Horton, my friend Charles. What's going on, buddy? Uh, he's, a, he's a patron. Um, he says, Quantumania thought. Hey, y'all. What if quantum mania is a condition that affects a human mind when they spend too much time in the quantum realm? Since physics doesn't work the same way down there, who is to say the quantum realm doesn't affect the human adversely? Maybe it affected Janet and Kang, and maybe that's why Kang is all about conquering because he has quantum mania. Uh, kind of dumb thought, <laughs> but it is a fun mental exercise. Can't wait to watch it. Love y'all an infinite amount of Kangs, Charles. Interesting. That could definitely see. Okay, if there's a quantum mania, and Kang is falling ill to it, and that's why he's mad, or like why he's uh, mad as in crazy, uh, or 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 villainous. That, that I don't love that because that takes away his agency with being, you know, the big bad. And we need, I need, I, we talked about it in the last episode, but me and Jeff had this whole breakdown about like how we really need him to be a thoughtful, interesting big bad. I mean, we're talking about he's going to be carrying this MCU for the next like three or four years. So, like, I want him to have a really solid personal motivation. So, if it's just like quantum mania. Some sort of quantum sickness is what's made him as conquery. <laughs> it seems like they're all pretty conquery if we if we trust what he who remains said, if that is his real name. But you do bring up an interesting point. We had talked about how what if Ant Man uh, is sick in one of our episodes recently. Like what what if that's why he's losing time with Cassie, and what if that's the thing that Kang can help him with? Right? Like what if he's sick? He's going to finally lose his chance to be with his daughter once and for all. And he's sick in some way uh, now. So what if that's what quantum mania is? But the other thing is we know that um, even without their helmets, even just shrinking down like they do, they said something about using the pin particles and shrinking down without the Ant-Man helmet on can cause some sort of like brain changes. So it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if there's some sort of brain changes at the quantum level as well. So I don't know. Um, but I don't like the idea of it being Kang being crazy, but I do, you know, it definitely could be something else. Mania. Maybe they're all, maybe they're all going to go mad down there. We all go a little mad sometimes. What is that from? All right, now I'm going to have to Google. We all go a little mad sometimes because I'm, I know that's from a movie. <laughs> yep, it auto-filled. Psycho, of course. I think uh, they reference it in Scream, but I, I, I always knew it was a reference. But I'd, yep, it is. It's, uh, it's in Scream. Uh, one, of the, one of the bad guys in Scream says it. And that's probably where I've heard it more, but it is... Uh, I knew that it was an older reference, but I didn't know from what. And it's apparently Psycho. All right. Trenton Pol 
Trenton Pummel, another one of our patrons, thank you for that, Trent, uh, says, uh, hello, all my panda people. Here is the obligatory long-time first-time tag for my feedback slash theory post. I've been listening since WandaVision and have loved every minute of being a part of the panda embarrassment. <laughs> uh, you guys rock and allow me to have a space to get my nerd on and feel unashamed, so good on y'all. Theory time. So... We all know Janet spent a lot of time in the quantum realm. We all know from the trailers that Kang says to Scott, you have a daughter, but you've lost a lot of time like me. I'm thinking maybe Janet and Kang had a thang. Ooh, thang with an A. Uh... (laughs) While she was down in the quantum realm, and they had a child. Uh, Nathaniel Richards? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Uh, When Kang says he lost a lot of time, just like Scott, he might be referring to losing time with his kid. Uh, Just the same as Scott has lost time with Cassie. This would explain why Janet tells the others they can't trust Kang. Kang needs Scott to help him find Nathaniel, and he uses Cassie as leverage. A kid for a kid. Crazy rogue theory, but hey, y'all said Mephisto for months, so anything goes, right? (laughs) Fair. Fair hit. Fair hit. Um, Also, since people age at different paces in the quantum realm, it wouldn't matter how old the secret affair love child is because quantum magic. Love you 3000 uh, from the show me panda. (laughs) P.S. Your post about the new Patreon tiers made me whip out the credit card and become a patron. I will go into debt so y'all can eat. LOL. (laughs) Hashtag panda power. P-A-N-D-A is power. Um, yeah, man. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, thank you for going into debt, uh, to, to, to keep the show running, but, uh, don't hurt yourself, <laughs> please. I, I cannot thank the people who, uh, since we did our big Patreon, uh, talk a couple weeks ago, if you missed it, uh, it's in two, two, three episodes ago, we talked about the new Patreon, um, and we basically, we've got new tiers all new rewards and stuff like that. So if you are interested, go check that out at patreon.com slash MCU cast. Uh, but since we did that, um, a lot of people have joined. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But please don't hurt yourself financially. <laughs> it, it is there to support the show will always be free here in the feed. Uh, but it is there uh, to, if, if you've got the extra money to support it and you want some extra content, uh, we'll be, we'll be over on the Patreon. <laughs> But thank you, Trenton. Really, really appreciate you. So the idea that they might have had a thang isn't bad. I I, I think that's very possible. I mean, a lot of years between there. It, it seems like she probably would have told Hank about it by now. Maybe not. Hank, Hank can be an angry person in comics, so maybe maybe not. Maybe that's not, not a thing she feels like she can share. But that's kind of, I don't know, that's kind of a... It will feel to the average audience like it undercuts the love story between Hank and Janet. And that, like, I never forgot about you, I never stopped looking thing we had in the second Ant-Man. Um, if if she actually had, like... But I could definitely see her, like... She's down there 
whatever, 30, 40 years, I don't 30 years, something like that. Um, it's very possible. Um, something like that could have happened for sure. Um, but I think you are not wrong. Like one of the things we talked about last week, I mentioned it earlier is, and I mentioned it when I was talking about Charles's feedback is Kang needs a personal reason to do what he's doing. And I think that that very personal reason could be that he's lost his family. Um, whether it's a daughter, a wife, a, a, you know, a husband, like whatever. Like Kang could have lost someone precious to him uh, in the 31st century. And the reason he's trying to like piece all this world together is he's trying to put his world back together. It wouldn't even have to be just his family. It could be just be that he lost the entire world and everyone he knows, his parents, his brothers, his sisters, you know, could have lost everything in the 31st century. And now he's back to try to build the future in a way that uh, stops whatever calamity befalls them. That's kind of something we, we, we cooked up last week that I'd like a lot. Some, something like that feels a lot better than just Kang is here. Cause he wants to conquer. Like why is he so desperate to control the universe, you know, and him so, sort of similar to what, uh, Wanda wanted to do in, uh, you know, well in, WandaVision and then Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. Like, I think him losing time or just straight up losing his family is definitely. So, when he says that line, you know, you've lost a lot of time, like me, maybe it's not from the quantum realm, maybe it's not from Janet, but maybe it's, you know, from before. Maybe it's the reason he's there in the first place. It's the reason he's trying to travel through time and ended up in the quantum realm or whatever. So, I am. What does he need? We still don't know. Still have no idea. Uh, and we are, as, as I record this, almost in 48 hours from watching this movie, and I'm really, really freaking excited. Um, so, really cool. Really cool. Um, but I do, you know, and the Nathaniel Richards of it all is interesting. I, I thought Nathaniel Richards is, um, is that, is he from the distant future like that? I, or from, you know, from the distant line? I thought he was more like closely related to the Richards's, but I don't really know. <laughs> don't really know from comics uh, but yeah so thanks Trenton for the feedback I think you I think you're on to something with the fact that Kang might be missing a loved one the same way Scott is missing a loved one I think there's going to be a strong connection there and the way that Hank we, we talked about it a lot on the last episode the last episode was a lecture a lot of fun it was me, just me and Jeff and we were talking about um, things we want to see in, in Quantumania and the things that we kind of came to some of the stuff I really, really liked. And uh, one of those things we talked a lot about is the fact that like the story of Scott and the story of Hank is all about their daughters. And the idea that if Kang also has a family, he's trying to protect and save the future. Uh, Hank has a line that's wonderful. He says, we're not trying to save our future. We're trying to save theirs. Like it would be really thematically satisfying if that tied in well with what Kang is also trying to do. He's not trying to save his future. He's not trying to conquer for himself. He's trying to conquer so he can save the future of his family, the future of his loved ones. Uh, I think that's pretty possible just given the Ant-Man story and like what it's been about up till now. So yeah, man. All right. Oh, I think that is about all I've got to say. Uh, That's all the feedback we had. 
And I'm glad I got to jump in and chat about Guardians a little bit. I'm really freaking excited for both of these movies, man. Um, that Guardians, though. Whew. I mean, Ant-Man is Ant-Man's where the hype train is right now. But Guardians is going to be... I, I just can't imagine it not being one of my favorite Marvel movies. Because it's James Gunn. It's, you know, it's the end game for James Gunn, as it were. Like It's the thing he's been aiming at all this time. So, really, really pumped about it. Well, guys, we're going to be doing a podcast recording on Thursday night after we get back from the movie. <laughs> really, really freaking excited for that. Um, I believe it's going to be like at 9-ish Central, like 10 Eastern, 9 Central, something like that. But keep an eye, go to twitch.tv slash TV and subscribe over there. And we're going to go live after we get out of the movie and we can get to our uh, respective chairs and we can all be the guy in the chair uh we can all be your guy in the chair that's what we can do we can all be your guy in the chair that night talking to you about this movie and telling you what all we uh we thought about it just digging into the the, like nuts and bolts of what happens in this thing because we still have no clue anything about the first act of this movie hardly at all (laughs) and then we know uh next to nothing about like how it will resolve or what what is Kang's goal? There's just so much, and it's good. I feel like this movie is going to set us on the course for what we're going to be talking about for the next three to four years about this MCU. So uh, please join us Thursday night, um, and we'll be posting that podcast as quick as we can. If you are not yet a patron, uh, we are really trying to grow our Patreon because we're trying to be more consistent more high quality, more thought out episodes. Like we're really putting a lot of work into the podcast in hopes that you guys will support it. And that means we can spend more time on it. So we're kind of like, and I, I'm particularly investing a lot of time in the podcast lately to try to give you guys more quality, more value. And if you appreciate the show for what it is or what it can be, hop over to patreon.com slash MCU cast and uh, subscribe. Five bucks is the starting thing, and there's a bunch of other rewards above that. So, uh, thank you so much. Be back uh, in like 48 hours. We'll be we'll be watching and talking about Quantum Mania, baby. Until next time, true believers. Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Available everywhere you get podcasts, and now a video version streaming live on twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv and available at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. And if you'd like to learn more about all of our other podcasts, geeky projects, and ways to support the network, visit strandedpanda.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.